Coming up, I've got a bit of a sore throat, Amy makes promises she can't fulfil, and we have a guest who hates running even more than we do. Welcome to Running Is Bullshit, the podcast that basically just chats some shit about running. I'm Amy Genders. And I'm Stuart Harding, and this is episode five. Coming up today, we'll be talking about our own bullshit from the last few weeks. We'll be catching up on messages from the bullshitters, and we'll be talking about our usual bullshit running news. And very excitingly this week, we've got another guest. A very special guest. A very special guest. We've actually already recorded it. We're just going to slot it in so you pretend you don't even notice. Uh, this is very professional. The fact we've recorded the interview first and now we're going back, like back in time and recording the other bits and it's all going to be edited together. I think this is a bit too professional. For this my is life. podcast and, and time travelling all in one. Yeah. And we're actually sat at a table rather than just gathered around my coffee table, which is even more professional. So it's so professional. This- Our guest said we looked professional. Yeah. And she would know. But that's only because we've come straight from work, so we're wearing like normal people clothes and yeah, not, not running clothes. <laughs> I should just bring a headband with me at all times, just in yeah. case I see any of my running friends. I can just quickly pop that on yeah. so they don't get uncomfortable. It's making me uncomfortable. Sorry, is it my forehead? <laughs> I'm sorry you have to see that. It's dazzling me. <laughs> Amy, what has been bullshit for you this week? Uh, Probably that I haven't really run that much. That's probably been bullshit. I ran twice last week yeah i think it was just twice so um no reason in particular no uh i've not got an off sick note from my mum to say i'm not allowed to run it's just that i've just been not lazy busy busy (laughs) busy and not waking up early enough (laughs) well that's no fun at all is it no so that's it for me but this week i'm back on it you know when you always say right no this week this week's going to be the 30 mile a week oh absolutely it's fine like at the end of last week i was like I don't need to run this weekend. I'll just do it next week. I'll make up for lost time next week. So that's how you get injured. Don't do that. Stuart, what have you been up to? Well, I did run 30 miles this week. So, you know, kind of a big deal. Um, Well, I ran 18 miles on Thursday and that was actually fine. I really enjoyed it. So I can't really talk about that. I did do the Blorange Fell Race. Blorange. Blorange. We talked a lot about Blorange. Apparently it's a hill, isn't it? Or a mountain? It's a fucking mountain. (laughs) It's not a hill. (laughs) It is. Oh my shit. I have never been genuinely scared for my life on a run. It was that steep. I am not kidding. When we we got through the, the hill at the beginning, it was fairly standard, running up a big hill, through the wood, over some stiles, up some fields, pretty hilly, kind of used to that. Hands on knees, yeah, you're kind of fine. It got to a point... Well, I'm certain it was above 45 degrees and we were using our hands to pull ourselves up. And it was not as if I was over on all fours like I was crawling. My hands were just in front of me because it was so steep. I was climbing the damn hill. There were kind of footsteps up the hill, which you could kind of use, but they were mud. So I was pretty certain if I slipped, I'm just going to tumble a long way. And there was people all around me. I thought, I'm going to take out a lot of people. I did it with um, the scabby butt crack friend. And... um, that's what we're going to call her from now yeah, on, by the yeah. way, on the podcast. But I realise we don't have enough podcast nicknames, so I think that's a good thing to Scabby, have. Yeah, Scabby, Scabby Book, you yeah. know. Or just SBC, maybe, yeah, for yeah, short yeah, on time. Yeah. I did it with her, and we both said the worst thing about it is no one will believe us how steep it was. Because you say it's really steep, and people mm. think, oh yeah, that was probably really steep. And no, no, it was steeper than that. Yeah. Steeper than you well, can... Uh, yeah, whatever you, you're imagining, just it's steeper than that. Oh, Jesus. And it was kind of strange, because it was so slow... It's the first race I've done. I got across the line. I was like, oh, I'm not actually tired because I've just done 4.3K in 43 minutes. Mm. I've just, I basically done it all at walking speed, all the way down the hill because it was so slippery. It was kind of just at walking speed, just on the heels. 
just carefully all the way down. So I got across the line. Oh, it doesn't really feel like I've done a race. You've been out for a walk, basically. Yeah. You've been out for a stroll. Yeah. No. <laughs> Jesus. So love fell racing. Won't be doing that one again. No, I think you've put everyone off. <laughs> yeah. I yeah I kind of yeah I, I might have done that. We're not getting sponsored by. Blorange or whatever it is which sounds like a dessert it sounds like a delicious got, dessert imagine if we got sponsored by Blomange mm. how great would that be <laughs> running is bullshit brought to you by Blomange <laughs> I would love that people could listen to us eating Blomange on the yeah, podcast yeah, and yeah, we could yeah. talk about different flavours yeah new podcast idea does anyone make Blomange is that still a thing I don't think so probably not just I don't think there's anyone that just makes Blomange I wouldn't have thought what like as a job well, as a, is a there a hobby? company? Is there just a, oh. like the Blamange company out there anywhere? I have no idea. Probably I'm not. vegan, so I don't know. <laughs> All right, God, don't go on about it, Amy. God, any opportunity, you know what they're like. Oh, also bullshit this week. I went to a gym. Oh, gyms are bullshit. An honest to God, straightforward, normal gym. It was awful. I only went because I got free vouchers. I'm not going to go again. No, I mean, you don't cross train when you run. You just run and run and run. Until you get injured. And yeah. then you cross-train for like a month. And once you get better... Oh, well, no. Once you start getting better, yeah. then you start running again. Yeah. And the cycle just repeats itself. That is a running is bullshit top tip <laughs> right there. Okay, so let's have a look at our messages from last week. People are actually getting in touch with us now. That's quite nice, isn't it? Fantastic. I mean, it fills time. That's really the best thing about it. You're basically writing our podcast for us. That's perfect. Crowd Please <laughs> continue doing that. Um, this is from James on Facebook. We've got a nice long message here. Right. He says, just listen to your fourth podcast and I've got a couple of points on why races are bullshit. Both these points were highlighted at the 2018 Stroud Half Marathon specifically. Firstly, bag drops. Mm. When you have a race that is approximately 2,500 people, having two people collecting your bag, writing your number on a tag and then storing the bag may not be enough to ensure a massive queue is created, which leads to the start of the race being delayed by 15 minutes. Not great. Honourable mention to the 2017 Cardiff Bay 10K where there were more volunteers but there was no order on how the bags were stored. I love nothing more than standing in a queue for 20 minutes after I've just been in a race and want to sit down and have a shower. Yep, I I was there at that very race and the situation was appalling. Don't take a black bag to those races because you turn up and they're like, they're not like, what's your number? They're what's colour, what colour is your bag? I'm like, black. And you can just see the volunteers looking fear while they're surrounded by black bags and they're picking up is this no not that black bag is this one not that black bag little to the left you know those claw machines that like little to the left down 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 that's it that's my bag (laughs) and then they drop it on the way there yeah yeah (laughs) he continues secondly advertising that there are three water stations and there are three water stations on the large route map in the race village but somehow you get to mile 11 and the third water station fails to appear. Yeah, we agree. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. This did have the side effect of pissing me off, so I ran faster through a mixture of anger and thirst and gaining a PB. Still no excuse, though. That's all I can think of so far. Keep up the good work, guys. Perhaps that's why they did it. Yeah. They thought, what they need? They don't need water. They need adrenaline. I think that's it. I've already told the story of when I needed a wee in the Leicester half and I got a PB. Yeah. It is. It's adrenaline thinking, I just need to get this race over because I need a wee or I need a drink, whatever. Yeah, it's a, it's a tactic. So it worked for you. Works for James. Mm. It could work for you. I'm pointing at the microphone, uh, indicating you, the listener, 
could work for you. I realise that doesn't work. And just take, uh, when you go into one of those races, just take like a bright pink bag with like some bizarre, I don't know, like ladybirds on or something. And then they can say, what colour is your bag? And you're like, that pink one with ladybirds. And they'll pick it straight up. Don't take a black bag. Jesus. Absolutely. Uh, We're going to be talking more about race bullshit and post-race bullshit in the next episode. So please send us your stories Mm -hmm. of what is awful. Uh, Danny Corder on Twitter he said, got a bone to pick with running his BS. Right, here we go. Okay, right, what? Come at me, bro. <laughs> he says, never experienced bullshit nipple in nine months of running. I do like the phrase bullshit nipple. I like that a lot. Never experienced bullshit nipple in nine months of running. Then two days after hearing this excellent podcast covering the subject, my nipples have literally dropped off in a monsoon. Who do I speak to about the compensation? Outraged from Cardiff. As I said, I'm mostly happy about the phrase bullshit nipple. He's not going to get compensation or even really any sympathy, frankly. Well, maybe a new section could be like a sort of tribute to lost nipples. Nipples (laughs) lost in battle. And at the end, we read, you know, like on the Hunger Games where all the people that have died, you know, we read out the names of the nipples. We'll get some gentle music behind and we'll just read out the names of people's nipples. Like an audio shrine to the lost nipples that have come before us. Yeah, Danny Corder. (laughs) Left nipple. <laughs> I can't really sing at the moment because I've still got a sore throat, so I'll try not to sing too much. Um, Magic Bobcat on Twitter says, um, Big race ballots are bullshit, but understandable. Hashtag totally not bitter about constant race rejection. Oh, that's poor Magic Bobcat. He's been turned down again. You'd think a Magic Bobcat would be able to magic up a, a, a successful ballot entry, wouldn't yeah. you? I do like the way he's like, they're bullshit, but I understand what they are. <laughs> they're bullshit, but reasonable. <laughs> yeah. Reasonable bullshit is the worst kind of bullshit. <laughs> Justifiable bullshit. Damn, I see what they've done. Ah, oh, fuck. Stuart wants to do the bullshit running news jingle, and I think this week I should let him. I'm going to be quiet and just let you go for it. <clears throat> bullshit running news. Beautiful. Beautiful. We'll be back to scheduled Amy's jingles next next time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I probably shouldn't do that. The first story today. Runner's boob is increasingly being reported to GPs. But what is it and how can you make sure you're not at risk? Runner's boob. Can you imagine going to the GP? I I was just about to say that. Not only only that, like, it takes long enough to get a GP's appointment. So you've got to, like, ring up the receptionist and be like... And what do you need an appointment for? And you'd be like, runner's boob. Right, okay, is that an emergency appointment? (laughs) Yes, it is, yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. and then you've got to sit in your wait, you know in the waiting room and they're always really delayed for like two hours or whatever for runner's boob yeah, I can just imagine someone sitting in a waiting room with just like a bandage under yeah. one boob just holding one up <laughs> going to the walking centre like just cradling like. and then you've got to get into your GP and like so what's wrong with you well runner's boob well that, that, I imagine they would say well that's being increasingly reported mm. as more and more women run and look after their boobs GPs are noticing more runners are visiting their GP complaining about pain in their breasts. When studying the movement of breasts, scientists have found that when you run, your breasts move in a figure of eight pattern, not up and down. This means no no matter how far your legs are running, your breasts are running further. So your breasts get a PB before you do? They do, yeah. (laughs) Um, Also, scientists studying the movement of breasts. I picked the wrong career. Hold on, can we just go... A personal breast, more than a personal best, a PB. Anyway, right. <laughs> yeah. I, I had to get that one in there. Um, yeah, like, they've had research funding for that. There would have been a process where they would have had to apply for funding for that. 
put together a funding application, a very competitive process. Yeah. And then they would have been funded probably quite a bit of money. We're perhaps talking like a few million to do that if it was a large-scale research yeah. project to look at women's boobs when they run. And I can just imagine the application, like, what's the purpose of the subject? Well, we want to, like, film women in slow motion as they run and see which way their boobs are moving. Yeah. It's going to be very scientific... Yeah, we're going to need a 4K camera. Well, actually, yes, yeah, seven or eight 4K cameras, please. Mm. Uh, super slow motion and some really big screens. <laughs> we're going to need all those. Those are necessary. However, they did find that 70% of women are wearing the wrong bra size. Yeah, this is like true anyway, I think. like I don't know whether that percentage in particular is, is, is true across the board, but it's, it's known that like the majority of women are wearing the wrong size bras. In, in general. Yeah. So. And every day, I guess that's annoying. But when you're running, I guess that actually could be fairly damaging. Yeah, I assume so. Yeah, it's the... Um, I can't remember what they're called now. What? Uh, yeah, in that article, it's something that holds the breast tissue together. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a medical doctor. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, well, not that. It's just like the chafing and the yeah, scars. Yeah, oh, oh, that, that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's something... Um, Something about something becoming loose, isn't there? <laughs> oh, great. Thanks. thanks. But it's actually a good point. It ends on that. As you exercise and eat better, as you generally do when you mm. run, uh, your breasts may reduce in size, so a sports bra may no longer be supportive. This is something that um, a lot of women uh, find difficult if they're running to, to lose weight and they start losing weight, is that running bras are really bloody expensive, like really mm. expensive, some of them, like outrageous. But they need to like constantly be buying new ones as they move down like sizes. Yeah. So it's an expensive business. So the next story is that almost 250 runners in a half marathon were caught cheating when traffic cameras captured them taking shortcuts through bushes. Have you seen the video for this? I've only seen a still of it. I haven't actually watched seen, the video itself. Yeah, I've seen the video. It's just like an aerial shot of these runners just like cutting. It's basically a road with uh, like a dual carriageway. Yeah. And they've just cut across um, the sort of central it's um, preservation. It's pretty blatant, isn't it? It's not subtle. Yeah, yeah I just don't... We'll put, well, this will be the subject of a future podcast, no doubt. But I don't see the point. And they cut off like 3K or something. Like, mm. why? Why bother? Yeah, it's always that thing about cheating. Is why? Who, who are you doing it yeah. for? Are you going to come back? Oh, look at my amazing time! Everyone says well done, and you're just going to think, "Ha! Oh, I didn't actually get that. It's I re- fooled you." It's really bizarre. Like if maybe you were first, and there was some like monetary reward, it's unethical. But you could see the motivation why people mm. might cheat. But why? If you're just like if you're just a random. Yeah, if you're just a random, why would you bother cheating? Uh, they also found 18 runners wearing fake bibs, and three runners were described as imposters. See. This bit I can understand a bit, not that I do this ever, but this bit I could understand more than the cutting the course. Like, if you really wanted to run a race, I've heard about people, like, faking bibs for London Marathon mm-hmm. and stuff because they just want to run that race. It's like, you shouldn't do it for a variety of reasons, but I understand that more than cheating. Yeah, well, they, there is a big thing, obviously, for the Boston Marathon, you have mm-hmm. to qualify to get mm-hmm. a time. And there, I believe it's the Mexico City Marathon where literally thousands of people cheat. Yeah. And it's still a Boston qualifying race somehow, even though it's well known that that many people cheat. Mm. China have done a lot of weird shit recently with facial recognition and Mm. with like social scoring, like on Black Mirror. Yes, yeah. And why would you risk that? Because apparently in a few years time, everyone in China will have one of these scores Mm. and like things that they do just in everyday life and at work, professionally, personally, will be rated on a system which affects everything else then. Why would you take that risk when you're living somewhere that's so invasive of your privacy do something so obvious because they've now been banned from all runs it was harsh wasn't it like the um 
and probably warranted, but the punishment was, yeah, really harsh. harsh. It wasn't just disqualification. It was mm. banning, like, yeah. for life some people. I thought that was really harsh, yeah. yeah. And again, in, you know, in China, they're going to be keeping that on, like, permanent records then, I imagine. Yeah. Last year, organisers of the Beijing Half Marathon introduced a facial recognition system to stop runners using ringers on their behalf. What are ringers? Uh, it's uh, when you get someone else in. That's not oh, here. like, yeah, like a bib mule. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bib mule is a great what? phrase, isn't it? Yeah, What? What? where does ringers come from? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, I've, I've never, answers on a postcard, answers on Twitter. What does, where does the term ringers I mean, we could just Google it now. No, it's more, ex- engagement, with, it's a call oh, to right. action. Yeah, it's a call Tell to us action. what ringers mean, you're our Google now. <laughs> so I know in like, if you had like a work football team, and you turn up and you just get like some random guy that you know who's amazing in, mm. that would be a ringer. Oh, That's how I, I know the phrase. Oh, okay. I've never heard the But I don't know what before. that means. In running, I've just heard of bib mules. And I wonder whether they are bib mules in the... Because when I hear about bib mules, it's to get a qualifying time. Hmm. So you get someone much faster than you to run. Whereas the other thing is like giving your number to someone if you can't run. And there's no like malicious intent mm. it's just getting someone to run in your place not to like get a qualifying time but just because you can't run so it's like giving someone else your number which you shouldn't do anyway you should not do we, we don't do. we do not condone that We've, i've never done that in my life <laughs> no good obviously we're still hoping for sponsorship at some yeah, point so we're yeah, staying yeah, yeah. very straight and i honest. would never run under someone else's number ever. yeah hopefully there's an honest blamange company out there <laughs> i want to give us some money um finally amy are you faster than will smith I can confidently say I am faster than Will Smith. Will Smith recently ran the Havana half in Cuba in two hours, 29 minutes and four seconds. Which is, of course, any time respectable, any time finishing. But I would have thought Will Smith would be faster than that. I come don't know. On, come on, Will Smith, make an effort. <laughs> Pick up the pace, mate. I mean, he's a fit bloke. I mean, he's getting on now. Yeah, that's what I that's what I thought. I thought that's I wouldn't have expected him to run that time. And also, if you look on YouTube, there's a video of him doing this really long speech about running and reading. It's called. So he goes on about like all you need in life is running and reading, and it's like at some award ceremony in the early two thousands, late nineties or something. But he sounds like he needs to be doing less reading and more running. Yeah, like he needs to pick up the pace, man. Twenty nine. Come on, Will. <laughs> so are you faster than Will Smith? If you're slower, that's perfectly fine. But come on, Will, let's get a move on. Make an effort, son. <laughs> I'm very happy to introduce our guest today. Um, our guest is an author, a blogger, stand-up comic, a charity fundraiser, scourge of the sports bra, and probably the only person to ever say camel toe live on Radio Wales. Uh, it is Hannah the Runner, otherwise known as Hannah Phillips. Hello. Hello, thank you very much for coming. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the introduction. Well, I've been very excited because I started reading your book. And actually, it seems like you should have done this podcast years ago, <laughs> because you talk about in your book everything that we've talked about on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> you do seem like someone, while running dominates your life, you also hate it. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, so do you want to tell us how you started running and kind of what led to it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I started running, I think it's about eight years ago now, um, when I was out in Cardiff with my very long-suffering husband, we were in a pub and I noticed that a lady who was a bit larger than me had the same top on as me. Now, I used the F word at the time. I've had a little girl since, so I now don't say fat. But I was like, that fat girl's got my top on. By the time I realised we had the same colour jeans on and highlights and that it was actually a mirror, 
Um, I was pretty distraught. So I did my first run to the ladies' toilets in that pub um, where Scott had to bribe me out with a bottle of wine. So I was like, why didn't you tell me I'd put so much weight on? And he was like, I like my life. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I was then, I thought, right, you've got two choices. You can diet or you can run. And I, I really like cider. So I was like, we'll try running. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, a few nights later, I set out to run the entirety of Merthyr Tidville, um, which didn't go well since I hadn't moved since PE in 1997. And I also went out all dressed in black and a baraclava because... I didn't want anyone to see me. I was really self-conscious about my weight at the time and um, I'm very conscious that the running world is still quite elitist with what runners should look mm-hmm. like. Um, so I went out in the baraclava and the police picked me up. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, because you were running around in a baraclava. Who yeah, does that? in Merthyr Tidville. I think at that's night. the important bit. I think yeah. if I'd been running around Cardiff, they might not have been so, oh. you know... So what did the police say? He was like, well, what are you doing? I was like, I'm running. <laughs> he was like, why? I was like, I'm trying to lose weight. And he was like, why are you in the baraclava? Can you not see how terrible this looks? And I was like, I sort of see. And I'm, I was literally like, oh, well, it doesn't matter because I'm not going again. And he was really nice to me then. He was like, you have to go again, but lose the attire. <laughs> so I was like, I took it to the extreme a few, late, a few years later and just went in my bra then. And yeah. I think that was probably worse, but... <laughs> Yeah. So it was this policeman, actually, that kind of kept you going then? No, not really. I got in that night and lay on the floor for a long time to try and regain my body temperature and my breathing. And Scott was like, you're not going to do that again, are you? And I was like, it's one of those things, if someone says you're not going to do it again, you definitely will. So, so yeah, yeah, I stuck at it. How how long ago was that, you said? (gasps) It's got to be about eight years now. Yeah, it's got to be. So what are the things that kept you going why did you carry on after that right apart from just being dared to so the the weight loss was a major thing initially um because quickly your body cha- your body shape changes mm. very quickly doesn't it my mental health was absolutely amazing and then we started trying for a baby and it didn't really go to plan and it became more of a survival tool then if I'm totally mm. honest because I needed something that wasn't revolving around having sex at a certain time and where I was in the month with regards to my ovaries and whatnot, all that nonsense. So, um, so yeah, it became, it became a survival tactic then. And then, of course, I had my little girl and it became an even bigger survival tactic because it's quite hard having a child. Yeah. <laughs> so. so you're the only person I know that I carried on running so I didn't just have to keep having sex. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'd had enough in the end, the two of us. We'd had enough. Yeah, we were like, this is this is getting boring now. (laughs) It was because run ten miles instead. Because it becomes so clinical. I think when you're that desperate for a baby, you become so clinical. Scott, Scott still says to me, no, I had no part in it other than I lay there. Because <laughs> I'm pretty lazy. But obviously, if you're running, you're tired. Yeah, well, so yeah. I feel like he's had, you know, he's had an all right time of it. Like, yeah. So, yeah. He's done all right of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so out of that running, eventually came a book as well. Yeah. How did yeah. that come about? Right, that's, that's an even more complicated story. I... When we had the, our little girl, um, when I, she was one, I got pregnant again, um, and I had a really nasty miscarriage. I nearly died in Ponty Park. Gosh. Yeah. I think a few people have said that. Though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. Like, I noticed one after park run a couple of weeks ago. Um, no, um, we had a really nasty miscarriage because I don't ever do anything by halves, and um, I was 
rushed into hospital because my cervix had gone into shock and whatnot. And I was in Prince Charles that night thinking, you cannot keep doing this to yourself. You've got this perfect little girl. You need to, you know, you need to stop having sex when you're fertile, basically. Because we'd done it for so long that way. I didn't know, you know, I don't think Scott even knew we were trying. And I was like, all of a sudden, I'm pregnant again. And I was lying in Prince Charles that night with my yellow wellies on because I refused to take them off the entire time I was there, which is really random. That just says a lot about my mental health at the time. And I was like, I know, I'll run a marathon. Because if I run a marathon, I'll be way too tired to have sex, even mm-hmm. though I'm, I'm lazy anyway. But plus, I, I, was going, I wanted to do London. You know, I was that was what I wanted to do. And I thought, well, the only way I'm going to ever do London is if I sign up for a charity, because we all know the ballot palaver mm-hmm. and... So that night, I applied, on my phone, I applied um, to run for Bliss, which was a, it's a charity that helps um, premature babies or women who've had, you know, stillbirths. And mm-hmm. so it was like quite close to my heart. And I was like, so I applied. And then two days later, they rang. And we're like, right, we're going to offer you a space. And I was like, oh my God, how the hell am I going to raise £2,500? But I'd been writing this blog and my mother loved the blog. And my friend Gavin Walker, who we mentioned in the book, mm-hmm. He loved the blog, and I was like, well, if, if those two like the blog, I can write the book, and then all my family and friends can buy it, and then they haven't got to sponsor me for another race, because, you know, when you start running, you, you do it for sponsorship, yep. especially someone like me who'd never run before. So, yeah, it was it was basically a money-making tool for, for my London Marathon place. It wasn't meant to It did all right. Yeah, it did really well. <laughs> changed my life. Yeah, because you, you, yeah. you got on, like, Amazon bestseller lists. yeah. Yeah, changed my life. I got my job, so I work for Run Wales, which is the social running provision for Welsh Athletics, and I pretty much got my job through the book, because I was like, I can help you guys. Because they knew uh, you are a pretty big deal. Well, naturally. <laughs> Tap into Can't it. do well, without me now. My new boss, Gareth, you really can't do without me. <laughs> well, it's what we're doing with all your followers. That's what we're after. That was one of the, the main uh, drivers for us there. <laughs> the promo. Absolutely. <laughs> So one of the things you talk about a lot in the book, and we've talked about a few times already, is sports bras. This is kind of an ongoing battle for you, isn't it? From from the beginning and even today. Still, I can't settle into a sports bra. So I take a group from DW in Merthyr um, on a Thursday morning and a Monday night. And I went a couple of weeks ago with a girl called Becca, who I know, I, I knew briefly, you know, we'd run together before, but we didn't know each other very well. And I kid you not, we'd gone four strides in and my bra completely popped open from the front. And I was like, Beck, you've got two choices. You can zip it back up for me or we have to go back. Because I cannot, you know, it had taken me about three hours that morning to put it on. So she, this poor Beck, I know, we're like best friends, that mind. In the middle of Merthyr, I had to take my top off. And she had to literally, she was like, oh, sorry, I touched your boob. And I was like, just just get him back in. But it was it was like, she was like, I read your Facebook statuses and think, there's no way this happens. And now I'm part of your weird little world. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, welcome to the boob world. <laughs> so. Yeah, we've seen, there's been photos on Instagram. And... Oh, absolutely like me. I'm cut, I'm cut so bad, this from, I went last night, and I'm cut so badly under the one, that when I got in the shower last night, I thought someone had, like, sliced me, yeah. and it, it doesn't matter, yeah, it really doesn't matter which weather I wear, and do I add non and do I, I've gone up with three bras on, mm. to try and... I think every woman that runs has scars. Yeah, Bra it might scars. look like boob job yeah. scars now, <laughs> except they're clearly not fake, <laughs> but yeah, absolute nightmare with them, every single one. And people go, oh, I'm doing this one. And I've tried every single one now. So I've got a boob buddy. 
but that pinged off in Cardiff 10K and it's a man in the leg. It literally ate because it's like a Velcro thing. It pinged off. It is like, just as I said, the word erection as well. It was like we were having this weird conversation yeah. and he was like, oh my God, I'm going to phone the police. And I was like, oh, they know me. Yeah. But yeah, so I don't trust that anymore now. So now he's got a scar from Yeah, you. now he's like, I'm just oh my like God, a whiplash on his... slapped by a bull buddy. So it's just, you know. How, how did it get to his leg from... Because it's sort of like pinged yeah. and then it just I don't, I couldn't tell out it pinged again like a magic trick yeah like. and I was like it's my boob buddy and I, he's obviously never heard of a boob buddy before and I was like sorry <laughs> so surely the next step for you is actually teaming up with a sportsman yeah, company designing yeah. your own no because I don't think even that will work oh. I just think I'm one of these people that just has to put body glide oh. on my body you need to get like NASA on the job or something yeah like cutting edge yeah. technology I think yeah so what has been your worst race What's the kind of the worst race experience? You don't want to kind of slag off a race, but kind of what's your worst race experience? Oh, I had the worst and best at the same one. Um, mm-hmm. Pam Saint Half Marathon, it's a trail marathon. And I'd convinced me and my friend Andrea did it. Andrea used to be the run activator for West Wales, and I went up um, to run it with her. And it's a lovely, lovely organised race. The, the route is it's brutal, it's pretty much 13 miles of hills. The organisers let us start 40 minutes earlier because we were so, you know, we were like, we're really slow. And he was like, right, go on, just keep an eye on your time, you know, obviously. We came in last because at my 11, I convinced myself I had Parkinson's and I was sick. I was like, look, I can't stop shaking. I properly got Parkinson's. And I was like, in my head now, I had Parkinson's. And there's this guy in a Land Rover and he was like, should we take you back? And I was like, no, because I've never not finished a race. And then we got back last, even though we finished 40 minutes early. And we both had podium positions. Nice. <laughs> I know. So I was sat in the, it's like a church hall, like community centre type thing. Sat in there shaking, thinking I'm about to die and I've got Parkinson's. And they were like, use cake, because they give you cake after, yeah. which is always amazing. And then they were announcing the winners. And, they were, and I came second to my age category and got a trophy. Oh, wow. So not only did I nearly die, I won. <laughs> Even though you came last. Because something I hear a lot from newer runners in particular is um, they often feel very self-conscious about being slower. What advice would you give to runners who are slower in terms of building confidence to just go to races? Yeah, yeah, just don't think about it. Mm. Really don't think about it. I mean, nobody likes to come last. I've come mm. last. It's not something I'm overly keen on. It doesn't bother me like it used to. When I started out running, um, there's lots of things that don't bother me now that, that would have in, in the beginning. Um, because I know how fickle it can be, you know? So I don't I don't time myself anymore. I don't talk about times anymore because they're not important to me. I'm still out running mm. and, you know, if it's taken me all day to do that race, I'm still as good as the person who won it yeah. in my head. Yeah. All right, not as good. Get but... your money's worth as yeah, well. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And you definitely. might win a trophy. You might. Last. You just yeah. never know. Yeah. Like, how random is that? It's on my cabinet in the living room. Absolutely. Yeah, with my running award. My running award and this. I was like, I came second. What was your running award for? Uh, for the book. Oh, right. Yeah, oh, yeah, for the book. So two days before London Marathon, they invited us up to the O2. Mm. Um, I won something. I couldn't tell you what I won because I got so drunk there on free Prosecco. <laughs> I nearly Good. ruined the London Marathon experience, but there we are. How was your London Marathon experience? Amazing. Life-changing, yeah. yeah. Have you just done it the once? Yeah, yeah, just the once. Yeah, I had a great time. One of the best days ever. You, you just, it was like, I got back and I was like, it was the best day ever. And Scott was like, we got married. It was a nice day. And I was like, it wasn't as good as this. <laughs> they gave me a banana. 
Because <laughs> people only cheer for, you know, a couple of minutes at a wedding. Yeah, yeah. And all the way around. Yeah, hours we didn't tell hours. anyone we were getting married, so we didn't mm. even have the cheering, oh, really. Mm. So, like, when you're in, like, and you've, you know, everyone's like, go on, hire. I did have a bad experience. My friend Laura that I rang with, who is um, an amazing runner, beautiful girl, she turned up fake tan, purple tutu, fluffy ears, and I was like, oh, here we go. Mm. She got to mile 16, and I'd arse cramp to the point where she couldn't move, so I was like, Laura, come on. So I pretty much dragged her for a mile or two. And as I'm dragging her and her cramped up ass, someone in the crowd goes, go on, Laura, get her through it. I was tamping because I didn't have a tutu on because that makes you look like a runner, apparently. <laughs> a, a tutu makes you look like a runner? I think so. Because they were said, go on, Laura, get her through it. As if I was the one struggling. And I wasn't. She was. But she had a tutu on, so she clearly looked like the more experienced runner <laughs> at London. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying don't turn up to park running a tutu. Well, do we want, but... Why not? Yeah, you could. For new runners, what do you think is the most important, terrible thing they should be warned about? Oh. Because, you know, <laughs> a lot of stuff. running... Kind of why we've done this. A lot of running stuff, you know, podcasts and books, is about how amazing it is, the spiritual yeah. experience, how wonderful you learn a lot about yourself, blah, blah, blah. But obviously it is a terrible thing as well. Yeah. What is the thing they should be warned about, do you think? It's bloody hard. Yeah. It's hard work. It's not easy. And you're like someone said to me, is it, it's okay for you because you run. And I was like, it's taken me a long time to be able to run. Mm. And it takes me a lot of time, week in, week out, to be able to continue running. It's hard and it's horrible. Mm. And you do chafe and you hurt and you're tired and you're sick and you shit yourself <laughs> and... You don't, yeah. You I've not shit myself no. yet, no, but it's, it's on the horizon, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I can't it's a good go day, that here. is. Once yeah. you've done that, it's a good day. You think, I've done it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, it's hard. And it's, I don't think, um, when my friend Joni Parry, one of her favourite quotes is, it doesn't get easier, you get stronger. And I you know, it's true, it's, mm. it's corny, mm. but it's true. Mm. You, you physically and mentally get stronger. Mm. And it just becomes part of you then, yeah. I think. Yeah, because Mo Farah struggles on a 5K. It's hard yeah. for Mo Farah to run a 5K, yeah. just as it's hard for someone who runs like a 50-minute 5K to run a 5K. Yeah. And, still, you know. and I think you really need to evaluate what you want running for. Mm. Like, now, running for me is more of a, massively more of a social thing. Mm. It's, it's my downtime. It's, you know, my calendar, like we were talking earlier running sort of dictates your, your sort of life your, mm. your week and your week out and I think like my I've had people that run primarily for weight loss they don't see it coming straight off and they and they don't understand and I'm like it doesn't work like that no. so and I think I think the, the massive the, my biggest bug base people say I can't run because I can't breathe and I'm like it's going to take you a mile mm. at least a mile to get into your breathing mm. yeah Nobody can breathe when they start. It's not nice because you don't run round every day. You don't, you know, you don't run, well, you do run to the toilet, I suppose, but you don't run to, to make a cup of tea. You don't yeah. run to, or, to... Well, if you get out of breath, you stop doing whatever you're doing. Yeah. You don't carry on like yeah. you're running. So it's, you know... It's like about being comfortable with being uncomfortable, isn't it? Yeah. Some of it. Yeah. 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 And it does click. Mm. You know, I've had people go, oh, I've never had the click. I'm like, well, you're, you're thinking about it wrong then. Because mm. what is the click? Like, for me, it was when I'd, I'd run eight miles, and I was like, oh, my God, I can do it. Mm. And that was the click. Mm. After, I'd, after I'd done eight miles, I thought, I'm capable of anything. I think, as well, the social aspect is really important. I think more people are, are realising how important the social aspect is to running, because when I couldn't run for, say, I think it was three months I couldn't run, and I couldn't go to run club, and all my friends are, are to do with running now. So it's like I, I felt really isolated yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. 
It is hard. And I think, like, I had a nasty injury in the summer. And that, I, for a while, I was like, I'm not going to run again. Because you take running away when it's been a massive part of your life. Like, I mean, it's my job. It's my hobby. It's, like, like I said, it's a survival tool at times. You take that away, I was left with Hannah. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure who Hannah is anymore without yeah. the running. Yeah, you know, so it's 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 a fine line with it, but it's an important one as well. I mean, you see friendships, you know, within groups and clubs, and it's like like my little girl's godmother. Um, she's she's one of my best friends, and we train together for a half marathon. That's how I know her. She picked up the phone one day and said, "I know you run. Can I come with you?" And I was like, "Yeah," and we became you know really really good friends. And and it's it's amazing what the the power of it all and I, I always think like when I was like 15 16 I couldn't wait for a Friday because we'd all go to the rugby club and drink WKD and and whatnot and I'd love my little girl I know it's like an ideal situation but I'd love my little girl to be like right Friday night we're going to the gym because we're going to park around Saturday mm. I'd love that that sort of I'm not saying don't go and get drunk when you're 15 because it's a rite of passage you really mm. need to but I'd love the notion of that she'd have something else mm. other than you know that the sort of side of life mm. um so continuing on then you're you've you know you've carried on doing charity work you carried on talking about running and you've just recently done like some stand-up yeah yeah i don't know how this has happened <laughs> you just get you seem to be uh impulsive in your decision making uh, yeah. so i can imagine it was one of those kind of things yeah yeah well i was at a couple of um well last year i was asked to do a little bit of warm-up stuff for the poet luke right so I did a poem, like a, a comedic poem, and uh, it was it was okay, but it wasn't like I didn't nail it. Um, but and I find like with my job, I go and speak about running quite a lot. I was thinking people are laughing at this. So when they asked me to do it this year, I was like, do you know what? I'm going to tell a couple of stories. So I told a couple of stories, and then someone YouTube it and was like, Hannah Phillips does stand up. And then like last week, the most random thing happened. Where Britain's Got Talent emailed me, and they were like, what? Well, um, any chance we can meet you? And I was like, this is a lie. This is someone going, look at it, let's, let's have it now. So I sent an email back and I was like, here's my number, let me know. Um, and one thing led to another and I ended up auditioning in Cardiff on Friday. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. What, doing your running stuff? A lot of it's running, yeah. Oh. I mean, I had to tone it right down because yeah. I, when he phoned, I was like, I don't think I'm funny unless I'm talking about my vagina mind. And he was like, yeah, you're going to have to tone that down. So I had a little go oh. over. Yeah, it's a mental, mental week. God, yeah, that is mental. Yeah, it was the most surreal thing. I was like, yeah. I came down on the bus because I said to Scott, whatever happens, we'll go and get drunk after because mm. I had a babysitter. It was like, so, you know, like when things click into place, mm. it was meant to be somewhere on the Friday night and it got cancelled and within 10 minutes, this guy had rung and was like, we're in Cardiff Friday, can you come down? So I said to Scott, right, we'll go out after because whatever happens, if someone goes to me, ah! is a joke I could at least we, we'd at least had a night out with yeah. it as well so um I was on the bus thinking this is so strange this is the strangest thing that's ever happened to me um but I auditioned and it went all right I still think I'm, I won't be there a cup of tea but it was a good it's experience yeah yeah and then I got absolutely shit face <laughs> which, which was great <laughs> that's really the main thing that was the main thing and I had new boots to go Oh. And they made me happy. They made me proper happy. Because I'm always in trainers. I'm always in kit. Oh, yeah, yeah, So yeah. I had these new sparkly boots and I was like, yeah. So when you see some of you from like your run club or whatever, like not in their running yeah. kit. And you're like, I don't recognise you with yeah, clothes yeah. on. That's yeah. a great one. And yeah, everybody's I... husbands are like, what? <laughs> Has anyone ever said, I oh, yeah, to you and you have to like visualise them in like though. I've yeah. done that a couple of times. I'm like, yeah. 
<laughs> Scanning them. Yeah. <laughs> what do you look like in leggings? <laughs> so you also did a like a a charity night as well recently. Yeah. Well, when when this sort of kicked off, um, when they asked me to do it again, I was like, right, I need a little bit of practice. So what I did when. As I, as I said, no run intended came about because I needed to raise money for charity. So I put a call to arms out. I was like, if you need someone to come and speak at your charity night, um, I'll come and do it um, for free because I need the practice and you need the, the sponsorship sort of thing. And it was really well received. So I did. I managed to do, I think it was three, no, two gigs. I did one in San in Bridge End and then one in Killian a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah. This incredible range of things you've got to do. From yeah. seeing this bird in the mirror eight years ago. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of developed into all of these things. Yeah, yeah. It's quite incredible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think I've always been a bit like that, though. There's always been a lot of strings to my bow, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been quite random as well. So it, it kind of helps, I yeah. think. Like, a lot of people don't understand it. I think it's all perfectly acceptable, but a lot of people don't understand it. But So, I'm sure you do agree, running is bullshit. But what can we do to make it less shit? I think we could accept running for what it is um, and just let people run how they want to run, where they want to run. Mm. Um, Like, I was running a couple of nights, well, a couple of weeks ago, sorry. And if this had happened to me on that initial run, like, I know I got picked up by the police, me and two girls were running, minding our own business, lovely social run, and a man stopped us in the car with a weight loss leaflet, and he was like, I've got things for you to lose weight. Oh, my God. And I was like... I'm not trying to lose weight. And he was like, are you sure? <gasps> and if that had happened to me when I'd first started, and I mean, it could be that if, he, if he'd said that to someone else, I mean, I'd dread to think. Well, he probably has. He can't, yeah. that can't well, have been the first I put, time. I put like a massive thing up. Because at first I was like, that was really funny, wasn't it? And then the more I was thinking about it, the more angry I was getting. Yeah. I was like, just let people be. Um, so I did a big Facebook thing and it turns out he'd been like running around Merthyr that night. But he was delivering Chinese. That's why I thought he stopped me. <laughs> he stopped me and I, I thought he was going to ask for directions and he's given me this leaflet. But apparently he'd done it because when I put it on my Facebook, a couple of people had tagged other women in and they were like, oh, he was out in force. And I was like, that's not acceptable. Why would why would you use that as like a marketing technique? No. Surely, yeah. like... You let people come to you if yeah. they want that, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. But not everybody's running for weight loss, are they? You know? No, like, no. The, like the, the one girl I, I run with, she's she's absolutely tiny. What mm. if she had issues? She, she doesn't mind me talking like this, mm. but she could have had issues. Yeah. And then someone's giving us a fat loss leaflet. I was like, ooh. Yeah. Naughty. I mean, it's not everyone's primary goal. You know, it might happen, fine. Yeah. But it's a... It's a kind of incidental thing. It's not the most important thing while you're doing it. I take girls buggy running as well. That's another thing I do sometimes. And um, a woman stopped us in the park once and said to the girls, oh, you shouldn't be doing that if you want to lose weight. And the one girl was like, oh, why? And I was like, these girls have just had babies and you are talking to them. You know, I did not occur to you that they just want some fresh air with their child because they've got no childcare. Or, you know, it's not all about weight loss. No, no. You know, and I think, I guess, like, like I'm the first to say I started to lose weight Mm. and it became a lot more. And I think that's the bit I like to champion now, Mm. that it changes lives, changes body shape, definitely. It makes you healthier, makes you happier. But, you know, there's so much more to it. And I just Mm. think if to make it less bullshit, people should just leave people alone. And runners come in lots of different shapes and sizes. You only have to go and watch Cardiff Half to see, like, the range of different people that, that, you know... Okay, so have you got anything exciting coming up? 
I'm talking in Cheltenham and Forest of Dean in January. Oh, so um, you're going international now then? Oh, yeah, international. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 quite excited. I, my mother was like, I don't think you should go to England. <laughs> they won't understand you. I was like, oh. They won't understand. What, what are you going to be doing there? Um, the same thing, the same sort of running, um, comedy running really at the moment. So just give us like one last plug for your book and anything else that you're up to. Um, yeah, the book, No Run Intended. And then there's a follow-up, Run Intended, which tells the marathon bit. The second one's better edited because the first one was just jotted down and sent off and that was it. I never expected it to sell like it did. And yeah, that's, that's about it really. I've got an early half marathon in February that I'm hoping to be fit enough for. And I've got, I've got quite an exciting project coming up in Merthyr for the Merthyr half. Mm-hmm which I'll be able to talk about more on my social media next okay. week, hopefully. Okay. So, so how can people find your social media? Um, Hannah the Runner on everything. Okay. Unless they want to follow the dog and he's dog to Tom. <laughs> Excellent. I shall do that immediately. Yeah, yeah you're going to love Tom Hardy. We have conversations. <laughs> yes, I've seen that. <laughs> so Hannah, thank you very much for coming down. No, no, thanks for having thank me. You. Thank you for being on Running is Bullshit. Thank you. That was a fantastic guest. I'm so glad she came on the show. Yes, absolutely brilliant. Uh, she's a proper force of nature there. Uh, please do follow her on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram and support her stuff and her charity stuff as well. It's a fantastic thing to do. Amy, have you got any bullshit coming up? No, I'm really boring. This oh. should, I think these two sections, like what have we done, what are we going to do, should just be Stuart's let me brag about how much I'm running because I'm not doing anything. <laughs> oh, you've worked it out. Yeah, it's, it's taken yeah, five yeah, episodes yeah, yeah. and you've got me every time I'm like no I'm not doing anything I'm just every time I say I'm going to build my mileage back up and every time I come back on and say well I've only done two runs so I'll say it again this week I'm going to try and build my mileage back up and then next time I come on I'll say yeah I had a 30 mile a week that's my commitment to you listeners Amy, I don't, I'm not sure you're taking this seriously <laughs> I am taking it seriously life's hard sometimes that's that's just in general. That's just a general um, thought. Uh, yeah, honestly, that's my thing at the moment until Christmas is just building up my mileage. That's it. I'm sorry. I'm boring. That's just how it is. That's that's the realness of my life. You are pretty real. Keeping it real on here. That's it. Just building up the mileage and then not actually doing it. Good for you. <laughs> I might do another fell race, even though I've just gone on about how terrible it was. But I might do another one, which is apparently just as steep and just as long and just as stupid. Because they're kind of fun. Oh, what I didn't say about this fell race, though, is when I finished, got back into the community centre. Do you want a baked potato? Of course I want a baked potato. Every race show. Five quid for this race. Baked potato. Pigs in blankets. What? Tea, coffee, hot chocolate. Cake, including Stalin. Bloody love a bit of Stalin. And some cheese and some like crackers. That's why fell races are amazing, though. Five quid. Five quid, yeah. It was amazing. Uh, so I might be doing Skirid in a couple of weeks. It's also a nice thing, my four-year running club anniversary next week oh, as well. Oh, fantastic. Which is nice. I'm not going to do anything for it. I'm not going to bring anyone else cake. It's going to be a secret party. <laughs> if anyone wants to bring me cake, they're very welcome to do that. Amy, how do people find us on the social medias? Okay, so on Twitter, we are at runningisbs on facebook just search running is bullshit and you can also email us has anyone emailed us yet uh no oh please email us send us like a nice long story the the podcast host company um email us sometimes that's not really the same because they're just trying to sell us more 
somebody real please email us because we've got nothing on our email inbox and if you want to do that which you really do want to do it's runningisbull at gmail.com once again runningisbull at gmail.com send us an email thank you very much uh, yeah we want to know next week what is bullshit about races and post races do us proud bullshitters let us know what you hate thank you very much for listening and we'll be back in a couple of weeks for our Christmas episode hey I'm already getting in the mood <laughs>